Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of the Sunfire Tavern, our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV. With me, Ollie, and my co-host Clark, discussing the hot topics from the week. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. And you can send us your emails at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Hey Clark, how are you doing, man? No, it's hot. It's how I'm doing. Yes, it's very hot. Continu- the trend mm. continues from last week, where we are mm. boiling. Uh, boiling it's almost like it's annually predictable, isn't it? Like yeah, almost. Yeah, like there's I think there's something like called like seasons. You ever mm. heard about that? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's such a foreign concept, really, uh, to to London. But um, apart from the weather, how you doing, man? Good. Yeah. Had a vacation for the first time in a year this oh. weekend. And to Brighton, it was lovely. Oh, how was Brighton? It was hot. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> and it was round with people. There were so many people. Oh, I can only imagine. Um, but it was lovely. Like Brighton in the daytime is lovely. Brighton at night is not lovely. Ooh. It's a very different place at night. Well, like... It's quite seedy and... Oh, okay. You know, it's just... It's a bit... Mm. It's obviously been over. It's it's overtaken by tourists. Is the problem? I mean, is it seedy because it's near the sea, or aha, aha? Damn. See, you're on form this week. How's your week been? Um, yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, I've just been going out a lot, to be honest. Um, you know, meeting, socializing, meeting people. Yeah. uh, Getting past the lockdown. Also, had the announcement today that um, und what's it? Age people age twenty five to twenty nine can get the uh, vaccine in the UK now, which is yeah, I saw that just now. Yes. Very cool. My friends who are over the age of 25 are very ready. They're like, fantastic. Finally, I can get stabbed with um, 5G juice. Well, I've had the first half. Yeah. So I had the first half, what, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And my 5G has never been better. It's flawless. So. Honestly, yeah. Like, the yeah, connectivity, it's, fantastic. It's wonderful. It's so useful. Um, but uh, my uh, other friends who are under the age of 25, not so pleased. Like, no, 4G. Yes, yeah, exactly. Or 4G. They're, 20, they're 24G. That's the problem. Yep. And yep. Not eligible yet, you know. Uh, but yeah. We'll get there. So, but yeah, hopefully we'll get there soon. Um, so that hmm. everyone can be... Everybody can get, get vaccinated. I, thought, oh, I saw that everyone getting vaccinated now. That's yeah. Good to know. I saw the stats that were at about 60% or something in the UK, which is a lot of people. Like, mm. 60% have had the first jab, which is fantastic. So... Yeah, it's good. But yeah, uh, I guess it makes us feel a little bit more safe, you know, like going to... You know, when, you th- when you're talking about like Brighton being rammed with people, I guess, you know. It's, uh, yeah, like it's, it's, well, but... it's like social distancing has, has basically been forgotten. Mm, mm. Yeah, I've been finding that a little bit in London. But um, it was nice. I went out uh, for drinks with work people the other day. Uh, we went to a place called Pergola in Paddington, which I've never been, bef- went, been to before, but it was quite surreal. It was like, you know, everybody was wearing summer dresses and shorts and summer outfits and, you know, it was we were drinking outside and it was like, oh, it's almost as if COVID doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, obviously people are still wearing masks and stuff like that, which was good. Uh, and tables still se- separated and stuff. I'm sort of of the opinion where I think people have just, like, that they've had enough of it now. Like, every, everyone's been patient enough. Mm. Uh, I'm not supporting that at all. It's, it's just that that's how I feel that people are behaving now. Yeah. It's, it's done. Like, people are done with it. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm joking on my own tongue. Uh, it doesn't matter what the government are going to do now. I think people are just going to be like, we're done now. Like, we've had enough. We want to come outside. The sun's out. We've been inside for long enough now. We've been inside for a year. Yeah, and I mean, well, I, I don't really blame people. It just sucks that it's probably going to mean that more people are going to get COVID. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with the if the final tier of lockdown ends, which is um, but yeah, you know, it's like all social 
uh, what's the word? All social rules, I guess, uh, are removed. So you know, mm. it'll be essentially back to normal in quotation marks. Um, so you know, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, hopefully things go well. I mean, I'm optimistic. I'm still keeping an eye on case numbers and doing lots of tests. You know, these flow, these flow tests at home. So you know, gotta make sure you. I'll keep your social responsibility, and that's a statement to everybody out there as well. Uh, I don't know, you know, depending on where you live and what your situation is, but yeah. Um, uh, speaking of things that are great schedules, we have an agenda to go over this week. Yes, we do. So our agenda this week uh, is... That was a very loose connection, that one. <laughs> oh, it's fine. You know, we'll take it. We'll we take it. Uh, so the agenda this week is um, the usual what we've been playing and watching. Uh, then we'll be talking about cinemas renting out to gamers to play games. Uh, and then we've got outdoor gaming in the new world. We've got uh, E3 is coming up next week. So um, we'll be talking about our favorite E3 show moments from the last 10 years. Uh, and then we've got our nostalgia bite of the week, which is patches on magazines, which I'm interested to hear about because I'm not sure if I'm uh, if this is one that I can relate to. So uh, we'll see. And then, you know, we'll finish with a round of 20 questions. Time. Time. Could be a bit before your time, but we'll hmm. see. Well, we're interested. So... Anyway, what have you been watching and what have you been playing, Clark? Um, pretty much the same as always, only now on a projector. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. We, I took my projector to Brighton with us, and we played some Mario Kart on the on this massive wall. It was great. It was really really cool. Um, the usual Pokemon. Um, been playing a little bit more of Immortals: Phoenix Rising. I, the, I, on that game, it does feel a bit disjointed, but I do like it. Yeah. Like it feels, you can tell it's a game that has been made when a development team didn't really have a chance to kind of come together at the end to check on things, because it's all a little bit disjointed. Like the the parts all work individually, but when they come together, they don't really work very well. Mm. But I am enjoying it. It's a good game. Um, so I've been playing that, um, and that, that that's been about it because it's been a pretty busy week in real life this week. So I've had a lot been going on. So I've been out more than I've been in. Yeah, uh, with the weather being like it is, like we've been having any excuse to go out for a, a burger or whatever. Um, so it's mainly been just out and out and about, and I've been dating as well. So you know, <laughs> ah, I said that look out world. He's out there. He's again. out there. Clark is However, on prowl. I do have a story. So oh. um, as I said, I was in Brighton this weekend, mm -hmm. and as a part of that, we went to a little town called Seaford, which is where where we were staying. And Seaford has these massive cliffs. They're like the White Cliffs of Dover, and obviously a lot smaller. Um, and we thought, okay, let's go to the top of the cliffs on on Sunday, and we'll just have a walk up there, and we'll get away from the whole world. Um, so this massive, like, misty fog came rolling in um, while we were walking up the mountain, up the side of the mountain, at the cliff, sorry. Um, and there was literally no one around, like, it was just us. So we got up to the top, and we all kind of split off into our little groups, as we always do. Like, we mm -hmm. sit and chat, and everyone else goes off and does their own thing. And me and a friend of mine stayed at the top of the cliffs and just sat and chatted in this lovely, like, cool, misty condition. That sounds lovely. And so this is, I mean, there's literally no one around. And this guy comes kind of startling up to us with a Sainsbury's carrier bag. And he, he's looking very much like he wants to ask us something weird. And, you know, you get that feeling where you know someone has got something weird to say. Yes. They're about to say something. So he came up to us and he's asking you at the time. And he's holding a phone in his hand. So we already know that he's trying to spark conversation up, but not really think about what he's asking. And we gave him the time and he kind of stepped away again. And he stood there for another five or ten minutes while we were sitting and chatting. And he came back over to us and he was like, um, can I ask you a really weird question? And we both looked at each other like, here we go. Uh, he says, can I ask you a really weird question? We're like, yeah, sure. And he goes, um, can I give you a foot massage? And I was just like, oh, God. What? <laughs> so we're on the top of a cliff, like in the middle of nowhere. 
And someone manages to come up to us and ask us if they can give us a foot massage. What? He explained he was a professional masseuse and he wanted to get some practice. So he comes around here in the middle of the day trying to find people that have been walking for a long distance. And he asked them to take their shoes and socks off so he can give them a foot massage. Wow. And that is... <laughs> I guess one way to get practice as a foot masseuse. Or at least a really interesting and convoluted cover story... For people who have, for someone who just kind of has a weird foot fetish, but I mean, obviously there was something fetishy going on, which is fine, like you know, no judgment. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I've not heard of that, that guy. I'm, I would be interested. You know what? Honestly, just from a, like a purely analytical standpoint, I'd be really interested to hear what his like success rate is on that. Oh. It was just one of those. It was one of those things where, where we were saying like, you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and I was like, I nearly said yes because that would have just been interesting. Like, yeah, the whole weirdo on a mountain aside, it would have been nice to have a foot massage. I was like, oh, actually, that would like, be quite nice. But... I mean, that would make for quite the anecdote. I mean, you've still yeah. got quite the anecdote even without yeah. receiving the foot massage. But, but my um... big fear was that that would have turned into something weird. Yeah. Um, oh, of course. I mean, yeah. uh, without a doubt. Like, you know... So, that was my weekend. <laughs> so, that's I mean, literally what I've been playing this week. <laughs> sure. I mean, if he's mm. a professional foot masseuse, though, I feel like he should he should be able to, you know, go not to a massage parlour and... Yeah, and not have to accost... I say accost. Uh, offer foot massages to um, weary travellers on a cliff. Also, if he's at the top of the cliff, that means he's travelled all the way up there himself. Yeah, oh, no, he was following us up. Oh, he was following you up. Oh, we only realised when we got uh, to the top that he'd follow us like halfway up the hill. Oh my god! It, it's a good like forty-five minute walk to get up there. So, but anyway, that that was that was that. So that was fun. Okay. Um, I mean, okay. Well, I mean, if okay, sorry, sorry, I'm interested. To, uh, we're, we're gonna break this down. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. He's he's following you for forty-five minutes up this hill. Oh, no, no, no. And he hadn't followed us for forty-five minutes, but we realised about halfway up that he was behind us right but, you know there are, there are people walking up the hill very very distance apart and he just happened to be somewhat near us you right. don't think anything of it because you're all walking up a massive hill okay but you're saying like okay it, like when he was saying this was this like a regular thing that he did or was it just like oh i just happened to be on this hill because i was going for a walk myself and i am a professional foot masseuse and apparently he goes up and down there quite often and i was right. chatting to someone else who lives in the area and they said yep you do get that quite a bit Oh, like not foot massages. People asking weird things up on top of the cliff. Oh. Apparently it's it's a, it's a cruising ground. I I see. <laughs> okay, right. I mean, well, fair enough. So, I mean, if anybody would like a free foot massage and a nice walk, uh, where do you have to go? Seaford. Seaford cliffs. Seaford cliffs. Uh, in mm -hmm. Brighton. So, I guess you can mm. use that as a PSA, or as an advertisement, or a place to stay away away from. Um, I guess depending on your preference. But uh, yeah, if you want to get your foot massage or not? There you go. Uh, hmm. You know. So how about you? What have you been up to? Well, nothing as interesting as that, I'm afraid. Um, oh, come on. But I mean, I've just been out and about in London, really. Just you know, drinking and then saying I'm not going to drink today, and then drinking on that day, you know. But hmm. not got really many interesting anecdotes from that. We got, I guess, one thing I found out is that you can. Did you know that you can buy like a dedicated like Jägermeister machine? Like in our in in our in our office, um, someone for their birthday got a Jägermeister machine, 
which is just a machine that you put a bottle of Jägermeister in the top, and then it keeps your Jägermeister cool, and then gives you like a pouring, sort of like, you know, like a, how you'd pour like a pint. Gives you like a, a tap to pour Jägermeister, so you can pour Jägermeister shots which are ice cold. Which are very nice, to be honest, but also, why? Okay. You know? Um, so anyway, there's my strange anecdote for the week, which I guess is nowhere near as interesting as uh, foot, foot massage offers. But um, yeah. in terms of games and uh, what this podcast is actually about, um, I played a game called uh, Before Your Eyes uh, this week, which was a very interesting game. So it's a story game, um, which is a game. It's, it's a story. It's a game that's like very much just yeah. It's just a story, but you control the game through blinking. So, so in order to advance the story, so you you move your you move the it's first person, so you move that your viewpoint around with your mouse, but then. Uh, you can hook up a webcam, so I use my phone as a webcam, uh, and it will be able to detect when you blink. So the game mechanic is just that when you blink, uh, something will change in the game. So, um, for example, you know, kind of like a going back. It's, it, the the theme of the game is that you're kind of going back through your life and seeing your life uh, as it was. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, essentially, like flash before your eyes, right? Mm. Um, and it has lots of interesting mechanics to do with blinking, where it's just kind of like you know, obviously you want to get story beats and listen to what's happening but obviously eventually you're going to blink and when you blink it the time progresses forward so it's kind of like you know it's a weird thing of like oh i really want to make sure that i hear all the story beats and look around enough but i have to keep my eyes open kind of thing right uh which is cool um and it's it does cool. yeah it's it's it's, it's an and, interesting and, neat and mechanic. Similar mechanic to how super hot progresses yeah, kind of similarly, right? But it's kind of like, you know, when things are out of your... Con it's, it's kind of like, you know, you have to fight the urge to blink, but obviously because it's a video game, you also can't just, like, close your eyes because then obviously you can't yeah. see anything, right? So, um, yeah, it was an interesting mechanic. Um, it's a very touching story. It's about an hour and a half long. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's on Steam. I don't know if it was a student project or something like that, but um, the ending did make me tear up and cry. Uh, not because I had to keep my eyes open and because my eyes were getting dry, but genuinely because... It... Because you were just like... Going, ah! Yeah, yeah, no. It, it genuinely triggered an emotional uh, response, which was... Oh, was, good. It was quite good. nice. It was quite touching. Um, yeah, it's a good story. I'd recommend it. Um, apart from that, uh, usual, sad League of Legends. Um... Uh, I'm starting to get back into Tekken a little bit. Uh, I had a little brief respite from it, but also looking at other fighting games, keeping my eyes open. I've seen people playing Virtual Fighter Five, but I'm not sure if I want to pick that up. But yeah, because uh, it's yeah. had a massive, massive expansion or something, hasn't it? Or something? Yeah, I think like the definitive edition or some kind of HD remake has come out, uh, and I think it's also available on PC or through like I think probably like Xbox Live or Windows Ten Store. So they released a load of skins, so it looks like the original Virtual Fighter now. Yeah, yeah. So you can do that. I've seen like weird, mm. weird skins and stuff. But um, you know, Virtual Fighter looks looks kind of cool. I guess not nearly as polished as Tekken uh, or fluid, but uh, I guess I've played Tekken for a while, so I'm getting to a point now where it's kind of like you know, uh, I, I'm, I, you know, it would be nice to be in that honeymoon period with a fighting game where you're still learning a lot of things and you're not just yeah. like trying to break through uh, these sort of like gates, you know, like gatekeeping sort of barriers, you know. Um, but apart from that, I mean, I'm still watching lots of fighting game stuff, and I guess it's just, I think, it seems like most of the fighting game community is basically just waiting for Guilty Gear Strive to come out, so, um, that's what I've got my eyes on. But, uh, in terms of watching, have I seen anything? Um, no, not really. I, don't, I haven't started, I've got a list of series that I want to start, but not really, uh, sat down and watched anything yet. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's me. So I guess cool. we can move on to our first point on the agenda. Which is uh, cinemas, uh, and they are renting out to get. They are 
renting out, I assume, their big screens and their comfy chairs. Exactly what they're doing. To, uh, um, so gamers, I, yeah. Yeah, so I read this article. Uh, obviously, I was kind of scouring for news this week because it's been a very quiet news week for gaming. Yeah, and the uh, run-up to E3, because right? E3. Well, because E3's coming up, a lot of stuff tends to go quiet the week before. Mm. Um, but the reason that There's actually a reason for that, and I might go a little bit off topic here. Um, and it's because a lot of the podcasters and a lot of the game news websites go silent for the week before E3, so they can do their predict predictions and stay off the internet when E3 comes live. They they have like one or two people um, that literally just stay away from the internet for a week, so that mm. when the stuff gets announced, they can do a podcast about it and surprise the person on the podcast. Oh, that's which kind, is of kind of cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's something I followed a while ago, and I realised that that's why you don't hear much news the week before E3 because there isn't any. Mm. Um, but yeah, so um, I read this article that a couple of cinemas in the UK, big chains, are now switching from, you know how you used to be able to rent one out for a birthday party? Yes. They're now, for a much lower price, allowing to rent out the, the cinema space for like six to eight people to come in, bring their switches with them or bring their consoles with them. They just plug them into the projector and play them on the master screen, which I don't know about you, but that was a dream of mine when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, it was like a kind of a thing that people always used to talk about, right? Yeah, like being able to play Mario Kart in a cinema, which, believe it or not, when I was working for Odeon, we got to do once with an N64. No, not was it an N64? No, Dreamcast, sorry, is what it was. Oh, wow. Um, someone, someone was able to get a Dreamcast hooked up by, I think it was VGA, to one of the projectors, and we played a silent version of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, or Sonic <laughs> Adventure 2, whatever it was on the Dreamcast. Hell yeah. On yeah. the cinema screen, it was, it was incredible. Like That was something else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't... It would be really cool to experience, I guess. Uh, I can imagine, like, in terms of communities and stuff like that, like um, fighting game communities and those kinds oh, of... Oh, they'd love it. Yeah, they'd they love it, right? Because obviously yeah. being able to play, like, you know, play grand finals on a cinema screen, but I guess... Yeah, and also... things like games are quick as well would be great there. Yeah, and but I guess yeah. being able to host... Yeah, it's like stuff like that, and also being able mm. to host... Um... I don't know if you'd be able to have like people on like you know in in the in the other seats with like smaller screens to play you know like sort of like your tournaments and things like that. But um, I guess yeah, just as a experience, I guess to be able to play a game on a cinema screen that would be really cool. But I mean, what kind of prices are we looking at? Like they didn't actually state any prices, which I thought was unusual. So to me, that probably sounds like it's going to be super expensive. But they did make a clear point of saying that it will be cheaper than renting a cinema out for a birthday party. Right. Okay. Which usually you pay for every seat in the cinema, or like two thirds of the seats in the cinema for a birthday party. Oh God, that's a lot. It, it's you know it's for rich kids. Okay, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, so, so the bigger question asked for me is, what else do you think we're going to see that's changed as a result of COVID? Um, the because this is obviously for cinemas to make some quick money after the year mm, out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm wondering like what's going to change, like what else do you think out there is going to change to kind of pivot towards the new world. So let's let's first have a like a kind of review. Similar to similar cinemas, like what other areas of hospitality or things like just closed? I guess you know, Hotel, obviously bars, restaurants, yeah, gyms, club, uh, clubs, pubs, gyms, gyms. Okay, so yeah, I guess in terms of entertainment, um, you know, hmm. I guess this is it, except for like how you would traditionally use like you know like clubs and pools and gyms and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm I'd be interested to see like what's a new thing that they could introduce, right? But I guess you know closer to entertainment. Um, hmm. Difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a difficult one. I mean, obviously, you, you know, like hosting spaces, like you know, like being able to rent the spaces to do things is an obvious one, but. I guess the other thing is that like cinemas have like specialized equipment 
which you know obviously is is tailored towards entertainment so it makes sense yeah. for them to rent be able to rent these things out right well mm. I, I feel like things like hotels will start selling things more akin to experiences yeah where if people haven't been able to be in a hotel for a year and a half um now they're going to sell the experience of being in a hotel again and like oh. really push push from that angle rather than just selling you know bed and breakfast and whatever like the whole thing um I don't know, but maybe you might see like thematic hotels more now. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that kind of thing. Um, but I don't, it's, it's difficult. Like, I've been thinking about it all week, actually, like what we're going to see that's new. Because every time I see like a restaurant or a bar or something, there's something new going on in there that's like, oh, that's interesting how they're doing that. Like I saw um, uh, there was a, a sushi restaurant where the, the conveyor belt was turned off. And instead of using the the uh, sorry the conveyor belt wasn't turned off, so the conveyor belt was empty, and the um, so coming around the conveyor belt was just the, the the little like tickets for the menus. And instead of taking the food, you took the tickets, you wrote your table number on it, put it back on the thing, and then someone would bring out the food to you. Oh, obviously because they don't want people touching the the food and then putting it back on the conveyor belt. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, that's a, so that's yeah. A instead nice of doing that, they're just using tickets now. But I just thought that was kind of like, well, you might as well just be table service at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess I guess it's to kind of um, have the novelty of this conveyor belt that's going around. Yeah, exactly. Huh, that's, that's kind it's just of weird. weird. Going on. Um, but yeah, and, and this I also brings I... us on to the to, to the to the other point as well, which we, we can talk about both points, I think, because this is also referencing outdoor gaming in the new world. Because we got a chance to go to loading in uh, Brighton this weekend, and oh, it was. Oh yeah, I've I don't been know, if, to... you, uh, have you been, have you been to the loading in Brighton? No, so I've been I've been to every other loading bar, although I know not, lots of them have closed now, unfortunately, yeah, um, in yeah. London. Yeah, but um, Brighton is the one that I haven't been to. The what? It's called like Seaside Quest or something, right? Something like that, but it's also the best one I've been to by far. Like, yeah, it, it seems like a really good hub for... I know that a lot of game developers go frequent there as well. Well, at least it was, in Brighton, yeah. But It was very well distanced. Every table had a console attached to it. We played Jenga, and we played a few board games, and then we played Nidhogg 2 on the consoles. Excellent. Played a bit of Soul Calibur, a bit of Tekken, uh, then some Worms, which was fun. But they also do these like themed drinks. So we got um, the Resident Evil viral outbreak drink, which had like little syringes in it that you put the shots in with. Um, and there was like a Skyrim drink as well called Skyrim, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. Um, and and we, we were like gaming, like because the, the the reason I'm, I'm asking this question, sorry, is um, the front of the bar is all open arches that opens out onto the beach. So like people are sitting out the front playing like video games as well, like in in blaring hot sunshine and whatever mm. but still doing it in a way where you can still enjoy it yeah and it's just i'm just interested to see more of like how the world's kind of reacting to this new change now uh, and this it goes into both points really with like the cinema thing and the gaming thing i don't know if you've got any examples that you've seen of this kind of thing i mean i've seen a lot more advertisements for like outdoor entertainment spaces like you know uh, kind of like pop-up beaches and stuff around london um you know with big cinema screens and stuff like that but you know adapting to covid i guess but um, I guess in terms of like outdoor gaming, I mean now, I mean one thing that just comes to the top of my head is like you know think about these kind of games that like Pokemon Go, like these geolocation games where you know you couldn't really play them anymore being indoors, or at least you know they had to adapt quite a lot. It's interesting to see if people will go back, you know, if things will adapt back. I mean, I didn't play Pokemon. Sadly, I didn't really play Pokemon Go, so I can't really give a you know first-hand account of what the game was like from playing indoors but i'd be interested to see like if the player base and you know kind of transitions back into playing outdoors rather than just playing indoors right 
Yeah. Well, I mean, they they did a good job of pivoting it to make it so it was a lot more playable um, indoors. Like they made all the weight raids remote, and they allowed you to kind of do the trading and stuff without actually being next to people. But I mean, that's definitely a game that requires you to be outside, like if you want to enjoy it properly. Yeah, exactly right. But yeah. well, they turn off these remote raids and remote trading things now. Now that you can go outside again, I feel like eventually they will turn off, but for the moment they'll probably stay on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's again it's it's it, this being a quiet news week, it's hard to come up with topics. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just like video games are fun, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, in terms, like, I guess, like when you say like outdoor gaming in the new world, like I guess you gave the example of you're sitting outside on the beach, uh, at Seaside Quest, uh, at Loading Bar, but yeah, I guess other places. I mean, like outdoor gaming is not really a it's not really a massive thing, right? I guess. Not really, no. Plus, it's difficult. Like, I mean, the Switch is a really good example of a game of a system you can't play outside. Because of the plastic screen, when, when the sun's out, you can't see it. Because mm. it becomes a mirror, the plastic screen does. Like, which, which is one thing that glass screens don't suffer with. Which is really frustrating. <laughs> mm. I don't well, know if you've tried playing a Switch outside. Yeah, yeah, I have. And I've, I've found it okay, but it's probably because I'm just, like, sitting in the shade or something like that, you know, like, it's, I'm still outside but under a cover of something. But, um... Yeah, I guess in terms of, like, outdoor gaming spaces, like, I can't really think of many from before COVID. I'm sure there's probably some that, like, are blaringly obvious, but, yeah, can't seem to can't seem to think of them. I mean, the closest we had was... Uh, when I used to host Smash tournaments back down in Meltdown uh, a few years ago, when it was really hot in the venue, some people actually took a CRT TV and GameCubes outside uh, onto the benches, at, like outside the pub, to play because it was like way too hot just, indoors. Just too hot. Yeah, it was just yeah. Way, way too also, hot and in, stuffy. Inside a lot of the gaming bars, it's it's. I mean, we were talking about this last week with the the PC bang places. The inside those places can get super hot. Yeah, exactly right. Like. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I guess we we come back to this point later if we come up with some stuff. But um, we could look at kind of the key point for this week, which is the fact that E three is coming. Mm. Um, and I wanted to kind of take a moment or two to talk about the best moments from E three over the years. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm referring to. <laughs> I can think. E3. I can think of a few. Yeah. So I mean, for me, that there was the the the, the crazy dude that was like do 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 Forgot what he's like. I'm actually going to look him up to see if I can remember his name. Uh, Mr. Caffeine is how he was yes, referred to. Yes, Mr. Caffeine. That's Mr. Caffeine. And just how he was really trying hard to engage the audience. Mm. And no one, no one was responding. Yeah. Um, it, like, the audience was just silent. Yeah. That was... The... Yeah, Mr. Caffeine was... That was Ubisoft, right? Uh, yes, it was Ubisoft. I feel like yeah. Ubisoft always have the weirdest or like strangest E3s every year but I guess that's part of the entertainment it's like do you remember the old the the old E3 conferences with uh, Aisha Tyler who when she was presenting and yes to yep. be fair I think she did a great job of trying to like hype up the crowd and talk and you know so so I mean sometimes it was a little bit too on the nose of being like oh yeah I'm going to swear because you know like you know gamers are cool and edgy kind of thing right but um just some of the most awkward moments of like when she was introducing a Assassin's Creed cosplayer 
and was kind of like just trying to write really hard like force a meme and being like all right if you had to come up with a meme for this conference what would your meme be and then like the the cosplayer was like well it just just said something really like dumb like oh because star trek was being shown it was like something like you know just the the meme will be engage and then it was just like i remember watching giant bomb reacted to that and just the amount of cringe in the reactions, it's just hysterical. It's just terrible, isn't it? Yeah, and... it's just like, oh, it's just so hard. You're trying to force it so hard. It's like, I be- well, like... there were so many. Th- that, so there was the E3 one as well, where the guy came out on stage and he was just like, and now Peggle Two. Yeah, Peggle Two. And it was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like the Peggle Two like announcement was fantastic, where the guy like just jumps up. Did you? Uh, I think it was for the division. Or something like when there was someone trying to explain the story behind the division, and it was just way too intense and had way too many like just blank yeah. stares into the camera, and it just seemed like someone had like let out a conspiracy nut onto like the stage at E3. It was like too real, like too <laughs> too real, man, too real. So, re- referring to the division, there was that thing as well where they showed you the 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 the, the people playing it, but it was like a fake trailer of, of them yeah. having, and it was like. Hey, hey, Janine, what's going on? Oh, I'm just logging in from my tablet. No one says that, by the way. Yeah. Um, I- I'm just logging in from my tablet. I might come and join you. Are we doing a raid? Yeah, we're doing a raid. Let's go into the city. Oh, and they like fake this... gameplay. Uh... Yeah, but it's so fake to the point where it's like, gamers don't talk like this. No, <sighs> the humans don't talk like this. And it was like, can we bring up the map? Wow, that map's really high quality. I know it is, isn't it? It's like, what are you saying? Uh, I mean, look, Clark, I'm not going to lie. I kind I kind of loved it. Like, oh, I love when it. I, when I, love I first it. saw it, I was I like, it. I was like, all right, I, I can see what they're going for. And it's just really funny. The the best is when um, it's like, one of my favorite ones was, maybe, I guess it was Ubisoft that kind of popularized it, right? Because the ones that I can always remember are like just Ubisoft games. So it's like The Division, uh, Ghost Recon, uh, one of the Ghost Recon games. I forgot which one it was. Maybe it was Wildlands. And then um, uh, Rainbow Six Siege are the ones that I can remember in my head. And the Rainbow Six Siege one was... Uh, it's just... It was so weird hearing like forced like forced gamer talk of like this person referring to one of the enemies by their gamer tag instead of like yeah. their, their operator name being like, oh... It's it's Super Sniper X because he's like the pro on the enemy team. They've heard of him. Yeah, like they've heard of him before, and then just like also the forced gameplay of him, just like per- like the person like purposefully missing all of their shots and stuff like that to like like sort of like create like fake tension. Oh, it's just I I can only imagine the amount of like um what's it like the people who have to sort of like almost like I guess it's choreography right like choreograph these uh gameplay these fake gameplay trailers like it must be so much fun like it must be fun but it also must be really cringy because there's clearly an element of like some people know how video games work in those development teams and in those um production teams and some people don't and those those things have to come together to create these these artifacts yeah like and there's just so many times where where you've sat and watched this stuff happen like did you ever watch the connectimals yes Oh god, with that creepy kid that was like, "Stop it!" <laughs> yeah, with that like the the like kid and also what, what, what was it like a lion or was yeah, a lion? Yeah, yeah, it was like a lion. And she, she was like giggling and laughing at nothing because there was nothing in front of her. Oh, but it, obviously, she's reacting to the projector behind her, and it's just like 
this is super cringy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, God, just, uh, like, obviously at E3, my other favorite is just when they introduce, well, not my favorite, I kind of hate it, when they just introduce random celebrities who are just paid to be there and not yep. really just, they have no interest whatsoever in the game. Like when EA wheeled out Pele. Yeah. That was the weirdest moment, like, because he wasn't just not interested in being there. I don't think he knew where he was. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he was... He was like super disoriented, and the the guy doing the comparing was like, "It's Pele, we've got Pele, it's Pele, Pele's over here. Have you seen yeah. Pele? Pele's in this game." And it's like, "All right, we get it." <laughs> and Pele's just sitting there like, "Do I get my check now?" <laughs> did you, oh okay? Did you ever see? I think I don't know if it was for Battlefield. I think it was for Battlefield One. Uh, they did like a massive sort of like celebrity, like tw- like celebrity slash YouTuber, like um, sort of like team, like big battle thing where they got loads of celebrities like Zac Efron and um, Jamie Foxx and yes, uh, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. oh my and like Wiz Khalifa and stuff oh my god yeah. it was hysterical like because the, they did all the pre-game interviews and people didn't even know what teams they were on they didn't know who, that they were on, on opposite teams also Jamie Foxx and Wiz Khalifa yeah. and Snoop Dogg were basically just saying like they had a secret weapon and their secret weapon was just weed yeah. <laughs> and then, like basically just you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Jamie Foxx was saying, like, anyway, I'm gonna go uh, find Wiz Khalifa, make this day go a little bit smoother, if you know what I mean. <laughs> just like, not even try. Also, at some point, just while they're playing, there was just a fake, like, they cut to, to in game footage, like, sorry, um, live footage of Snoop Dogg, and he's just straight up got a blunt in his mouth. Yeah, um, it, I remember it all, it was so good. Oh, it was just so hysterical. funny. Also, Jamie Foxx just starts singing at the camera because he's yeah. super high. Uh, there was something as well. So it might have been the same thing where they kept that they were talking about the game, but they didn't. They clearly didn't know anything about the game. Yes, it, it was a famous YouTube couple who were talking. Oh, I don't. I, I kind of. I know. I that rings a bell. It's a famous YouTube couple who were famous for pranking each other. Oh, the, the, yeah. That was their whole thing, and then they came and hosted this event, and they clearly had no idea because the, the guy is quite famously a gamer. Yeah, like he's a big hunky kind of like clearly more into the gym than into video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And obviously the the two worlds eventually crossed over, and he came over to do this event, and he just had no idea what he was talking about. And yeah, it got, it got to the point where he just he had to stop talking. Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> so bad. Uh, okay, but, uh, like yeah. okay, but on the topic of E3, with it, like, what E3 announcements do you remember? That you th- instead of them being like funny and you know like cringy or dumb or whatever, like do you remember just genuinely being like, oh my god, that looks amazing, like? Uh, I think it was the division actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the division was really good. Yeah, the division because that, that that was the one where I looked at it and just went, I want that game. I remember the first I Last. I remember the the reveal of the first Last of Us was so good. Like it I don't was remember insane. That. Oh, it like you know just the way the 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 trailer and it was just basically like really hard hitting like compared to like some of the other games you'd seen, but it was just like so gritty and just like you know hard hitting kind of thing. I know what it is. It's the Dead Island trailer. That was the one. Ah, oh, the Dead Island trailer. Was the good. Dead Island trailer. That 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 at E three was that moment where I was just like, holy shit, video games have just taken a really big step up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, the game was not as good, but the the trailer was. It's just because you said that, like in terms of like emotional resonance and whatever. Mm, mm. Uh, the Dead Island trailer was the one for me. That and um, I ju- it just came to my mind. I've completely oh, where David uh, Davide Soliani cried. Oh, uh, yeah, so the, the, yeah, that was amazing watching that happen because he was just 
Oh, and the Yarny thing. I'm remembering all these E3 events mm. now. This was Gamescom, I think, or it might have been E3. Uh, the guy that came out who created Unraveled. Yes. Uh, he just he was just so humble and so so wholesome, like, right? Yeah, and so wholesome and just he was just like I just want people to really enjoy my creation and I can't believe I'm standing here in front of ten million people and yeah. like, he's crying and stuff and then. Then the E3 sleazebag um, CEO came out and like did his whole sleazebag bit, and the crowd went dead again. Yeah. And then the Yarny guy came out, and the and the crowd just went fucking bonkers. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And then... So yeah, they they'd be mine. But you go ahead. Uh, what's it? I really like um some of the good speak like some of the better speakers like um I don't I've forgotten his name, but he's basically the design the person who was the designer for A Way Out and you know a lot of the co-op games and. Also designed um, the recent game that came out. Uh, what's it? It takes two. Take two. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, oh, I just love. I, I love his energy when he's like talking about his games because he really cares about them. I think. I think. I think that's always my favorite when they bring game developers, like the game develop, not the marketing team, like you know, that that you know they just bring out the developer and put them on stage and they just talk passionately about their game. Obviously, I'm biased, but like that to yeah. me is like the thing that sells the game the most. Like, oh, it's always so good, like so wholesome. It- did you see the the year? Like, I mean, this is back in like maybe twenty fourteen or twenty thirteen, um, when they announced the Xbox One, and mm. they were announcing the online requirements, and it was just, it was all like you you had to use code to play online, and um, you, you couldn't trade games with your friends because yep. if you traded a game, they'd have to buy the online again. Yes, and the, the crowd were just silent for the whole thing. They were just like, "This has to be a joke. This can't be real." Did you watch that live? Yeah, yeah, I watched it live, and then yeah. I remember so that, that was yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Sony's retaliation to that, which was just that video where it was like, "This is how you trade games with friends." Yeah, there you go. Thank you. The, the <laughs> shot, like the shots fired, were so yeah. good. Like, oh my god! I mean, that was clearly like severe corporate greed had way overtaken any kind of like player engagement or player experience. And and no one had stood in the way and gone. This is a really stupid idea. You can't do this. Yeah, oh, and, it, it, and they'll get into press. Obviously, and it was just it was so bad. And they, they, to be fair, in, in Microsoft's defense, they won eight on it pretty quickly. Yeah, they got rid of it, and, and we never we've never seen that again. But my God, could you be less connected to your audience? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, and then I guess the disconnect. The the other bit that stood out when we were talking about the funny moments, and it's the bit that I can't believe we didn't mention, is the giant enemy crab. Oh, okay, the classic ones, yeah, like, yeah. it's Ridge Racer! Ridge, Ridge Racer! And he's like yeah. spinning his hand around in the air and going, like, trying to get the crowd to, like, react to him, and it's like, yeah. what are you doing? And then, like, and then the, the reveal of the six-axis controller, where it's just, like, oh. just, the, the guy is just, like, flailing the controller around so crazily, and just, like, <laughs> like Whoa. yeah, it's just, like, it's weird, so like, like, yeah, like, nothing happening on screen. Yeah. And then, uh, Oh, and there was that weird Wii music thing as yeah, well. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up with, with Shigeru oh. Miyamoto. It's, yeah. just, it's just like... Like, it's just like a fever... Music. Yeah. It's just like a fever dream of just like, what am I even... Wa- like, what is the game? What am I even watching? It's just Shigeru Miyamoto and his merry band of pals just waggling Wiimotes on stage and just making what I guess you could call music, but is really just... You know, they just f- fucking threw some notes onto... You know, ran, ran, like, RNG'd some notes of music. Just went like, yeah, yeah, interpretive jazz, <laughs> you know? So I've, I've just been Googling the, the thing that I was trying to remember. I think it was 
Jesse Wellens was the name of the guy. The 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 awkward couple. The the guy. Ah, uh, yeah. Do, yeah. Do you remember I was telling you about the pranking couple? The guy was yes. Jesse Wellens. I've been trying to find it. It was it was him, Jesse Wellens. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm also looking at, at E3 cringe, and now I'm getting lost in it because it's so good. Yeah. Uh, so and I've got Ridge Racer right at the top. Yep. Of course. <laughs> Oh, I mean, and there's the caffeine. There he is. <laughs> there's always the crow. The, the I feel like he stopped making them, but there's always the crow B cat videos. Uh, that YouTube compilations that came out every year of just like yeah, yeah. the worst of each conference kind of thing. Uh, well, yeah. Have you ever watched the Minecon cringe? Oh, I mean, I've I I know some of the memes. I watched them a while ago. I feel like it's probably a little bit outdated now, but like, yeah, I mean, they are. They're, yeah. they're from like, I mean, eight or ten years ago. But do you remember the dedicated? Yes, wanking? of course, dedicated. Wanking, yeah. yeah. Um. So there's like a whole compilation around that of like all the stuff that happened at that minecon. Mm. And the reason the reason I find it funny is because Rooster Teeth were well, Achievement Hunter, which was part of Rooster Teeth, uh, were present at that event. Yeah, and they were they they effectively ran the mine the, the the Minecraft side of Microsoft for the kids, mm. and they had to be at these events and host them. And I remember uh, Jeff Ramsey, which is kind of one of the older people in um, Rooster Teeth, uh, in Rooster Teeth, one of the classic like founders. He did an interview about it, and he's just like, I never ever want to go to Minecon again. It's fucking horrible. Like he was like really blunt about it as well. He's just like those <laughs> kids are just. But they're they're the worst. Like they were told multiple times not to ask questions about mods, and all they asked was about mods. And he's like, it's just infuriating. Like, he says it like it kills my passion for gaming and stuff. And we're like, oh my Holy gosh, shit. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I've I've been a you know a game master. I know what it's like to have the thing that you love be just decimated in front of you. Yeah, like, of and that's what being a game master is because you've really got to be happy and and joyful while people are tearing what you love to pieces. Mm. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's so much cringe, and, and the, there was like stuff that I saw in person at Gamescom as well, which was kind of funny, like people falling off stages, and the, the, my, I think my favorite one is the blue screen of death when um, they were advertising one of the new Windows products, oh, and it blue screened. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yep. Oh, gosh. That was brilliant. I, I just live for that stuff, though. Like, when big corporate stuff goes wrong, I'm like, yes! <laughs> yep. I mean, it is great, right? Like, it's fantastic. It's what we live for. Yeah. Like, we like to see awkwardness and and weirdness going on. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I don't know if you've got any other parts of E3 that that stand out to you or other game shows. I thought, I, thought, I don't know. I I mean, I'd like to go to E3 one day. Or um... have you been? No, I've never been. I mean, I've been a couple of times. It's it's a strange experience. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, also, I, I'm sure it's like different if you go as like press or game like as game dev versus like going as. Yeah, because now they they opened it up very, right very before before COVID yeah, yeah. to the public, but... but it's it's very different. Like yeah. uh, the people get treated like absolute shit there. They really do get treated like like dirt. Yeah, but exhibitors and press get treated like royalty. Yeah, and we were like ushered around and given like drinks and stuff wherever we went, and like Are you okay? Do you want to go sit outside for a bit or whatever? Like everyone was caring for us, mm. and yet you could clearly see that the the general public that were there were just being like, could you could you stay in the shadows, please? We don't want these people to see you. <laughs> and it's just like whoa, like because it, it they have to maintain this like image of perfection. Yeah, um, I don't. Know, I think I told you a few weeks ago about the weird Nintendo experience I had at one of the Gamescom events that I went to. Not no. Gamescom. It was at uh, Paris Games Week. Sorry. Um, it was the the time when they just announced Pokemon Let's Go, that which was the Switch motion controls Pokemon game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I was obviously wanted to play because I'm a big, huge Pokemon. No, I, I got I queued up to play it and, and went up to the console, picked up the the Joy-Con, and started playing it and testing it out. And this very friendly Nintendo rep came up to me and she was like, "Are you enjoying Pokemon? Let's go!" And I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." And she was like, um, "Okay, I'm I'm here if you need me. Here if you need any help." And then she she was gone. Uh, so I then took out my phone to take a picture of it, and she she was she like teleported in front of oh. me. She was like, "Hey, can I help you take a photo? Let's make sure we make the photo look great." And I'm like. I don't know why she was American, by the way, because she wasn't. She was French. Um, so I'm just giving her an American accent yeah. just to add to this. Um, but I was like, no, no, it's fine. I can take a photo of myself. She's like, no, no, no let, let me do it. Like, let, let me really make this photo pop. And she, she pulled my arm up so that the Joy-Con was in front of the screen next to the Pokemon Let's Go logo. And then she put the camera so close that the only thing you could see was the screen and the, the bottom half of the stand, which had this like um, like diorama on it of Pokemon Let's Go. And I was like, well, yeah, but wow. I want to take a picture of me playing. And she was like, no, 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 it's better if you do it like this. And she, what she'd done is she set it up so that all the logos and hashtags and stuff were in the picture. And then she was like, maybe you can tweet that picture. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I is see you, you getting me to market your game. Yeah, it's like, I see, it's like, I see what you're doing here, you know, yeah. and I appreciate it. But also, you know, come on. Also, you're talking to a marketer, like, go away. Like, like, yeah. like, let me take my photo, you know? Yeah. Like, but she was like, she was like, no, 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 you got to make sure, because you can't take photos at the booth. And I'm like doesn't say that anywhere and then, then she started tapping this sign and i was like oh it does say you can't take photos oh. of the it's like unless someone is present and what oh, nintendo would do is see. they'd taken control okay it was it was so creepy and it, it genuinely destroyed the experience like i mean if, yeah. if, if i wasn't like a 33 year old man in the middle of a game show just trying to have a, a moment i would have been really annoyed at that like, that would have really bothered me mm-hmm. luckily i'm a man child so it doesn't matter <laughs> 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 oh man but yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Mm. Um, I don't know, but have you, you've not, have, have, you must have been to other game shows. Though. I'm sure you've been to like EGX and stuff. I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been to like EGX, uh, uh, yeah, like the big EGX I went in like 2010 and bef- uh, quite a few times. Um, but then I started going more to EGX Res because I'm more of a fan of indie and like I like going around and seeing all the different things that are on like all the smaller games, right? And then you get to talk to the devs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, in terms of like actually exhibiting or going as part of press or whatever, no, nah, I've never had that experience. Um, but you know, hope to one day. Uh, you know, I'd love to go, even like you know, go love to go to something like, something like GDC. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, a future Oliver will uh, will attend one of these events. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, and also I guess when EGX Res comes back round uh, again next year, um, or this, well, I don't know if it's happening this year. Uh, I should this check. Year? I think it's going to be in part this year. Something will happen for it. I should go check. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but either way, yeah. I mean, I loved it. I just love going with friends and playing like a bunch of da- like finding out like loads of indie games. Like, you know, when you go to like a show and you find that one game that you would have never found unless you went to the show, and it's like yeah, yeah. super good. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, I had that with uh, the. There was an indie game called Skyrim. You might have heard of it. Oh um, yeah, Skyrim, dude. Oh, yeah. It's a tiny game, right? Yeah. I no, you... their marketing is so bad on that. Like. It's, it was so difficult to play at the time because it was only available on PC console. Yeah, like heart monitors. Exactly, frigid. heart monitors. Yeah, I need to get that installed onto yeah. my um yeah. my smartwatch actually. Yeah, I, uh, I need to install on my my, uh, my fake hip. I think you can get that now. I don't oh really? Hip, wow. Every other time I do, I'll be able to play Skyrim on it. That's the dream. Excellent. Maybe I can get that installed um, on my um COVID vaccine actually. Yeah, it's 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 actually when you get uh, the inoculation, you get Skyrim installed. Oh, so you get like an install bar in your eye. Sick. And Skyrim, it's very very cool. Nice. Um, nice. um uh, like yeah. okay, so, sorry, I, I want to give a shit because I was just talking about um indie games that I found during EGX. Uh, last EGX res or at least the year before that, 
we played um, a game called Vectronom, and it was the most dumb hype I've had like playing at, uh, like an uh, like a in in like sort of like in person thing it was it's, it's just it's just a ba very basic rhythm like platforming game but it was like the beats uh, and the sort of like weird stuff on the screen was so hype that uh, we just got super into it as like, our group of friends but uh, it's on Steam we we all bought the game afterwards but um, I definitely recommend it um, but yeah, I'm very excited to go to to another like uh, sort of exhibit show like that and just find dumb games to play, because uh, and then go to the pub afterwards and then talk about random shit with people because that's my favorite. But yeah, that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean that, that, that's E3, and uh, I guess we can move on to our next section, which is nostalgia bite. Uh, talking about patches on magazines, you mentioned yes. that um, this might be something that you may not recognize. So by patches, do you mean like updates to games? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. So th this concept, well, I say concept, this is how it was. Uh, it was literally the idea that if you wanted to upgrade your game or, or play it properly on, on your setup, you'd have to buy a magazine to get the patch. So magazines would come with cover discs, usually floppy disks, and on that floppy disk would be like a one megabyte patch for Doom, for example, oh. so that it would work on your operating system or your version of Windows 3.11. Um, and it, it was weird because this is, pre-internet or as the internet was just starting to kind of grow into fruition yeah and obviously this this led to demo discs and whatnot which i think we talked about a few weeks back um but it was it was bizarre like you couldn't just download an update for your game you'd have to wait for a magazine to come oh, out yeah. and then there was also this thing as well something that i don't think a lot of people remember is occasionally you'd go into a shop to buy a computer game magazine and all the demo discs had been nicked Oh shit! So you'd, you'd buy the magazine because the people in the shop obviously don't give don't, don't give a damn. Like they don't even know that this game comes with the demo disc. Yeah, and they're just happy to sell it to you. And you get it home and you you open the bag and stuff, and it's been cut, and someone's taken the 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 disc out. And the only reason you're getting this magazine is for the demo disc and or the the patch. Mm. And it's just a it's just a, a thing from like gaming history that when I was coming up with this uh, nostalgia bite segment, it's one of those things where I was like, oh yeah, we don't have that anymore. Yeah, because right. the internet fixed that. Um, I don't know if there's anything from, like, because obviously you grew up a little bit later than I did. Yeah. Um, is there anything from your youth that you can remember that kind of resembles that? Yeah, I mean, there was, obviously, before we had internet, like, online gaming, it was, like, popularized, and especially with consoles. Like, um, I mean, Halo 2, like, if you wanted to get extra maps, you had to go buy the, the map pack, the, the physical disc right but it was also kind of cool because if your friend had the map had the disc you could just you know everyone would just share it around um you know and and but it was like a cool thing of being like you know back when you couldn't just download free maps and be like oh cool you know extra content so it was kind of like you know you really looked forward to when yeah, it was it was kind of mystical i guess you were like wait your friend has wait you mean your friend has a cd which gives me like six new levels in this game like uh, and I just remember as a kid, like finding that really cool. Like, this oh, well, I actually had that with Doom. Yeah, like, that, that's that's how I learned about modding in Doom is because I think it was God. What was the magazine? I want to say PC Gamer, but it probably wasn't PC Gamer. It was something like PC Custom Builder mm. or something. And it came with five famous levels in Doom. One of the levels was The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, one was like. God, what was it? it was like a marvel level or something like a superman level it was the fortress of solitude and and the, these were all built like really kind of jankily in the in the dude le uh, dude the doom level editor and that's how i worked out what modding was in games so i didn't know modding existed before yeah. that. and then i got into like warcraft modding and all that kind of stuff as well so yeah so uh, i i discovered mods through um my cousins introduced it to me through they had a disc which just had a bunch of like unreal tournament mods on it uh for ut99 
Um, and that was my first experience seeing like mods and being like, because I played a lot of UT99 when I was a kid, and I probably should not have played that when I was a kid. But anyway, uh, you know, they had they just gave me this disc one day, and I just put in my CD, and I was like, what are these like? Oh god, this added like a hundred maps and like weapons and all these other mutators and mods, and it was crazy. And this was before like you know I had I knew how to like look for it on the internet and stuff like that, or download things and you know, um, yeah. But in terms of like patches, like. I guess, yeah. I never really thought weird, about it. it? Yeah. It's a weird concept. Yeah, like, even just updates to the game. Like, not even content updates, just patch, like, bug fixes, I guess. I guess you wouldn't... I guess that's the other thing, is that you probably wouldn't... Unless it was, like, a game-breaking bug, you probably wouldn't put out a patch like that, right? It would, it would probably just be for content. That was the thing, though, is most of them were game-breaking. Right. So the reason for these patches was so that people could actually play them because you, you you would traditionally buy the game in a big cardboard box from a shop. Yeah. And it would come on a disc or it would come on a CD, but there'd, there'd be no internet to update it. So you get that game home and it just immediately wouldn't work. Mm. And it's because you have a Sound Blaster 16X and it's only compatible with Sound Blaster 32C, um, or you've got a Hinari 3.5 inch floppy drive, but it only works with. Philips 3.5-inch floppy drives and the other ones that they've tested. Christ. So your your specific combination of like parts m- may not work with that game just because it was never tested with that game. Yeah. And then the patches would come in and say, oh, you know, if you've got the um, you know if you've got the Philips laser CD, then now this is going to work. And mm. you, you could you could go months, sometimes even years, with buying a game without having it work. Gosh. You people don't know you're born. <laughs> yeah. Walk uphill backwards in the snow to oh get our games. God. Angry old man yells at uh, cloud. Yeah. <laughs> Etc. Angry old man l- l- yells at the the gaming cloud. Well, yeah, la- la- or rather, lack of cloud gaming. <laughs> of cloud. Yeah. Angry old man yells at actual clouds. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because no digital cloud existed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like I said, this week was going to be a short episode because yeah. I think last week we 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 ran long. Uh, and the week before that, we definitely ran long because we had a, a lovely guest. Yes. Um, with whom I'd love to have back again if uh, if if they would like to join us. Of course. Um, and then next week, I guess we're going to be talking quite a lot about the outcome of E3 because we should be recording as E3 has gone live. Yes. Um, I'm expecting some announcements such as uh, I'm really hoping they announce the new Switch. Mm. Um, I'm hoping we see some more about Breath of the Wild 2 maybe a bit more about Pokemon uh, Arceus or whatever it's called oh yeah that would be cool to see more I want to see some of that yeah. there's so much stuff coming in the next week so next week's episode I think for anyone listening prepare yourselves because it could be quite a long one because I'm pretty sure me and Ollie are going to have a yeah, lot we'll to talk about, next week. talk about yeah. Um, All right. but yeah, yeah do you want to close us up yeah I guess I'll, I'll close us up um, thanks for listening everybody this has been uh, episode 36 of the Sunfire Tavern uh as you, I'm sure you're probably already listening to us, uh, but you know, if you want to listen to us on a different platform, uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and uh, you can email us questions at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Uh, Clark, you got anything else you want to close out on? Just a weird thing I discovered this week. If you listen to us on Google Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts is that's not even a plural. The Google Podcast platform updates about an hour before all the other platforms. No. So if you are listening to us and you want to listen to us sooner, Google Podcast is the place to be because it gets uploaded one hour quicker. Wow, 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 wow. Well, there you go. Oh, there you go. So, so uh, shout outs to the hour, the, the people who would have finished 
this episode of Sunfire Tavern before anyone ago. else would even know it existed. <laughs> so uh, shout out to the Google Podcast listeners. But um, yeah, we'll leave it there for, for today. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.